traditional family Christmas Eve seafood dinner with crab and prawn and all that good stuff. Uh, my brother and I sought to build the cubby house. Now, it's really important building a cubby house made of timber. You can't have it sitting straight on the ground, right? So you need to get little pylons of bricks or pavers or something to keep it up off the ground. And therefore, so that it doesn't wobble, you need to make sure that all these separate piles are level, right? Which is a fairly time-consuming job. But once we'd got that nailed, then we laid down the floor and we started attaching the walls and uh, following the instructions. And then about three quarters of the way through the build, we realised perhaps these instructions are for a different model, cubby house. <laughs> because we've got this veranda section that clearly needs to be bolted onto the floor section, uh, which is now laying flat with all the walls attached to it. And the only way to bolt it on is to get under the floor. Um, so we... So I've built two houses, I've built two-thirds of a cubby house and then I dismantled it and then I built it again. <laughs> and missed out on the crab and prawns. But got there in time for dessert, so that was all right. Uh, Psalm 127 is about, well, about building a house and doing stuff. Uh, verse 1, unless the Lord builds a house, the builders labour in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. There's a clear message, I think, a reminder to us in Psalm 127 that whatever we're doing, whether it's building a house or protecting a city or raising a family or any of the other things that we do, Either the Lord builds it as we work or we work without him and everything we build is compromised and near useless. A clear message to us. Now, I, I wonder if we need to keep hearing this time and time again. I don't know about you. Uh, well, I do know some of you and I know that some of you are like me um, an activist, that you like to just get in and do stuff. And certainly many of us here are high achievers. Uh, we work in a culture and we live in a culture that rewards hard work. And so we have the constant temptation to do things in our own strength. Is that true of you? Uh, I think that certainly can be true of us here or a danger that we need to be aware of uh, because... Uh, we need to hear this message as much in ministry and church life as in anywhere. Uh, again, I don't know about you, but for me, I'm always quick to write my to-do list and that often is my instinctive first action before I pause to pray and ask for God's blessing on what we're doing and his guidance on whatever I'm doing. Uh, and so for us as a congregation and as a church, as we're thinking about things like how we can grow our HPS youth group on a Friday night, uh, how we might establish the senior high school Bible study group on a Sunday afternoon, and how we might uh, tweak this 5.30 service to draw in more of those youth, we need to remember the message of Psalm 127. Unless 
The Lord builds the house, the labourers labour in vain. But of course, Psalm 127 isn't primarily about ministry. It's about everyday things. It's about work and security and growing and sheltering a family. And it has these encouraging words, verse 2. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. Or as the ESV translates it, uh, even more encouraging words. In vain you rise early and stay up late, eating the bread of anxious toil. Now, I suspect many of you know the challenge of getting up early and staying up late. Uh, Sometimes it's not a challenge, sometimes it's a choice, isn't it? Well, the staying up late bits may be a choice. But the danger that this psalm warns us of is doing it in vain. Eating the bread of anxious toil. Which I take it is following on from trying to do things apart from God's work. Trying to build things apart from God's hand in it. And I think if we pause to think about what we might be tempted to be driven by, whether it's in our studies or our work or our hobbies or or all the things that fill our day, we can be driven by lots of things other than a confident trust in God in all things. We can be driven by fear and anxiousness and a lack of security or contentment. We can be driven by the fear of missing out. And so in vain we rise early and stay up late. And it's certainly the message we hear around us, isn't it? You want to build your career? Well, work harder. You want to be popular? Socialise more. Whether that's going out on a Friday... Well, you don't go out on Friday nights because you're here supporting HPS or you're in your room... Uh, praying for the success of HPS, but maybe Saturday night you go out late or you stay up all night on Facebook uh, or Instagram or whatever because you think that's really important, I need to do this so that people know me, recognise me, are friends with me. We want to be secure so we seek to earn more and more. We're told that to be needed we need to do something productive. And if we want to be valued, we need to strive for the accolades and achievements. And we feel this all around us and we're tempted to feel it ourselves. And so we're tempted to work hard, whether it's in paid work or in other ways, that we work hard and long hours, not to enjoy our efforts, but by fear of what will happen if we don't. Fear of not being in control of things. Are there ways in which you're tempted to work in vain, eating the bread of anxious toil? What does that look like for you? Well, James has some wisdom for those who try to do things in their own strength. Uh, So I wonder if somebody could turn to James chapter 4 for me and a volunteer to read out loudly uh, a section from there. Neil is looking there smiling at me. 
Somebody happy to read from James chapter 4, verses 13 to 17? A reminder for those who do things in their own strength, in the sense that they are in control. Sandra? Thank you. So the reminder there is not that we shouldn't plan, but we shouldn't plan as if we think we are in control of all things. We should humbly plan in dependence on God. Uh, and what Psalm 127 says is not that we shouldn't work, but that we should humbly work in dependence on God, recognising that everything good comes from Him, right? We know that. And that, then we seek to achieve things through our own efforts and hard work. Uh, it's not a message to say we don't need to work hard. Uh, read through the book of Proverbs for all the wisdom for sluggards uh, and those who are lazy. I just love that word, right? Sluggards, yeah. Uh, you've got to find a translation that uses sluggard because uh, you miss the point otherwise, right? The point is not that we shouldn't work hard, but that we should work in the knowledge and understanding that anything that's going to come about from our work is only going to come about because God enables it, God blesses us through it. And so we should do that by praying about these things and trusting God in all these things. And it's amazingly liberating when you do that. When you work diligently, but trusting that God is in control of all things and God will bring about whatever good comes out of it. Then if God blesses what you do and you're successful, then you can thank God. If for whatever reason God chooses not to bless that and you're not successful, then you can praise God that he's in control of all things and he'll bring about his good purposes. So the message from Psalm 127 is not that we should be lazy and it's not that work is in itself in vain but it's the sense that work, self-torturing work, work that we do in our own strength thinking that only we can bring about its success is in vain rather than working in dependence on God and His blessings. Now, I know that many of you are in circumstances where you don't have control over your work hours, that somebody else sets their ex expectation and you're not in a position to challenge that. Uh, but I think what Psalm 127 is about, when it says, in vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, uh, it's not saying that we shouldn't get up early and it's not saying that on occasions we shouldn't stay up late. But it's an, an, an issue of attitude rather than timesheets. It's how we go about that work, whether we do it in our own strength 
or do it with a conscience, uh, conscious dependence on God's blessings for all our well-being. Whether that's in work or security or providing for us in other ways. Again, it's labour is good. The Bible validates the importance of work. Uh, often we can think work is just a negative, a, a, a negative necessity. But the Bible's view is work is a good thing for us to enjoy and to enjoy the fruits of our labour. So work is good, but work that betrays a lack of trust in God's ability to provide for his children is verging on idolatrous. Jesus has a word of warning for us, doesn't he? Anyone think of uh, where what Jesus says that touches on this idea? You can only serve one master. Yeah, that's certainly uh, about that, whether we're prioritising money or, uh, or God, yep. Uh, and to do with that, he also talks about birds and lilies and stuff, right? Luke chapter 12, uh, can I have a volunteer to read Luke chapter 12, please? Not all of it, just a bit of it, which I'll tell you when we get there. Yeah, Luke chapter 12, and we're looking at verses 22 through to 32. Thank you. Now, the last thing I want is for you to be anxious about being anxious or to worry about worrying. Uh, but this is an encouragement for us to think about our attitude in all we do, that we should bring it before God and trusting in His provision, that we should work hard and diligently, uh, but, but not work in our own strength, but recognising that anything that will come out of our work will be God's blessing for us. So I wonder if we just take a moment to pause and think about how, for you, uh, you might be tempted, where your areas to be tempted uh, to anxious toil, uh, to work 
without God's strength. And maybe just pause for a moment and bring them before God in prayer. The author Alexander McLaren wrote of Psalm 127. This is how he sums up the conclusions of it. There are two ways of going to work in reference to earthly good. One is that of struggling and toiling, pushing and snatching, fighting and envying. And that way comes to no successful issue. For if it gets what it has wriggled and wrestled for, it generally gets in some way or other an incapacity to enjoy the good one, which makes it far less than the good pursued. The other way is the way of looking to God and doing the appointed tasks with quiet dependence on Him, and that way always succeeds. Well, busyness seems to be the buzzword of the decade. Uh, busyness is, uh, like industrial fit-outs and filament bulbs, on trend. Uh, and in many workplaces and in many lives and certainly around the school gate, busyness is seen as a badge of honour. And there's a temptation even to look down on those who aren't busy. I don't know about you, have you ever kind of had that fantasy where you think, if only I could just put pause on life, right, and so everything else stops around me and then I can do everything I need to do, I can catch up, uh, I can stop and have a break and, and then I can press play again when I'm ready to go. I, I suspect many of us have felt like that, it's not just me. Uh, and just as the Bible, though, tells us that work is good... God also tells us that rest is good. One more person to look up a verse. Exodus chapter 5. No, sorry, Deuteronomy chapter 5. Exodus 31, Deuteronomy chapter 5. They're the two places where you can find the Ten Commandments. Deuteronomy chapter 5 is on page 181. And I wonder if somebody could read for me from verse 12 through to 15. Sarah?
The idea of the Sabbath in the Old Testament is God's reminder of his rescue of his people. He said, you were slaves, you had to slave away, but I rescued you and now I want you to take one day out a week to remember that, but also to remember your dependence on me. That, do you know what? While you're not working, I will continue to provide for you. And, and so it's a principle we see not only in one day a week, but every seventh year the fields were to be rested, uh, and that kind of idea, right? A, a weekly reminder of our dependence on God, that we don't do things all in our own strength, but that he's, He provides for us. Uh, now we're no longer bound by the Old Testament law, but the principle of taking time out to rest and remember our dependence on God is a helpful thing for us. And the flip side, our tendency, as, a, as certainly our society is drawn to, and many of us, our tendency to overwork can often reflect an arrogance that prefers not to be dependent on God. Have you thought about that? That I need to do all this stuff, and if I don't do all this stuff, then this won't happen, this won't happen, this won't happen. Our tendency to overwork can reflect an arrogance that prefers not to be dependent on God. Now, Hillary's all over the news at the moment, right? But there was another Hillary in the 4th century, Hillary of Poitiers, who called this tendency to overwork the blasphemous anxiety to do God's work for him. The blasphemous anxiety to do God's work for him. So pause for another moment and think about yourself and your own life and where you might be guilty of the blasphemous anxiety to do God's work for him. To feel the need that unless you do this, something won't happen. God made us to work and work is good. God gave us rest that we might depend on him and God made each day with 24 hours in it. Did you know that? That's how God made it. And he made us, he made us to sleep. God gave us 24 hours but he made us knowing that we can't go for 24 hours in each day, that we each need our sleep. God's made us differently and some of us need more sleep than others, uh, but on average we need, as adults, seven or eight hours of sleep a night. Psalm 127, verse 2, "'In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat,' for he grants sleep to those he loves. God has made us to sleep. Sleep is a gift from God for us to enjoy. Now, there are occasions, aren't there, where we might need to do the odd all-nighter uh, to get up early or stay up late. Uh, but if we're making a practice of that, if we try to squeeze 
20 hours of work into every 24 hours, we're trying to do more than God has made us to do. We're trying to do more than God expects us to do. Time is a gift from God for us to enjoy. And there is a time for everything that God expects of us. But not time for everything that could be done. So we need to be wise in how we spend our time. And God has made us only to do certain things and not everything we can do. And some things we need to leave undone because God hasn't made us to be able to do everything that he's given us. But that's a scary thing, isn't it? To leave things undone that we think we should do. Now, we can, we, in the confession, we confess the things that we've left undone that we ought to have done. Uh, but that's of a different order, right? That's, um, there are lots of good things for us to do, but we can't do all of them. And we need to trust God and entrust things to him. Let me tell you how I learnt this lesson. Clearly, I needed to learn this lesson and I needed to learn it in a dramatic way. Uh, So in my third year of study at Moore College, um, God taught me this lesson. It took me a while to get it, but I think I've probably now got it because he, for the time being, has stopped teaching me this. Um, Let me say, I, I, uh, I was used to achieving things, to doing things well. Uh, I did well at university in my science degree. I was doing well in my profession before I left to go to Moore College. And, and I thought as I'm studying at Moore College, um, if, if I've put lots of time and effort into my previous study and my career, then surely I ought to at least put as mu- that much effort, if not more, into my theological studies so that I'm more and more equipped to serve God. Uh, And so I was working hard and uh, uh, trying to be a good student whilst trying to be a good husband and a good father. And you can ask Sarah afterwards how well I was doing on that account. Um, But in halfway through my third year of a four-year degree, I suddenly could barely get out of bed. I would get up, uh, slump in the breakfast chair, eat my breakfast and tell Sarah I'm done and I'd crawl back to our bed. Uh, in, my, in the uh, third term of uh, that year, I made it into college eight days in the term um, for an hour or two lectures, in which time I mostly slumped on the desk, but I was just bored of being at home. And, uh, and so um, it took some time. The doctors couldn't diagnose what was going on. Uh, So I was in the situation where I didn't know how long this would last. I didn't know how this would impact on my further study. I I didn't know how it would impact on what I thought was the plan to go into full-time ministry. And so I got to the point where I realised, well, God, you're in control of all things. Uh, if, If this is how my life will be, then that's okay because you're in control of all things. Uh, if, if, uh, if I can't continue my studies, 
well, you must have another plan for me. Uh, I didn't get to that point immediately, but I was forced to that position because God is sovereign. I was out to serve God in uh, whatever, and so he must have a plan for me. And do you know how liberating that was to know that God was in control of all things and that I could only do what I could do? And if I was able to get to college for an hour's lecture and maybe hear some of that lecture, um, then that's all that I was able to do that day. And so that must be all that God had intended for me to do that day. Uh, And so it was a reminder as I recovered slowly from that, Do you know how good the exams were at the end of that year? I thought, I'll sit the exams. I've missed most of the lectures, and so there's no pressure at all, right? If I pass, praise God. If I don't pass, well, God hasn't given me the the ability to to do that this year. Um, So it's a liberating realisation that actually God's in control of all things. An important lesson for me to now know that Actually, I can only do what I can do in the hours that God has given me to do. My responsibility is to be diligent with what God has given me to do, uh, not to waste my time and be lazy and therefore say, ah, well, God, I didn't get to that, but, you know, um, I, I did spend two hours on Facebook, but that, you know, must have been what you had in mind for me. It's not an excuse for laziness, but a realisation that God's in control of all things. And so do you know what? If I don't achieve this in the hours that God has given me, then God must have a plan to provide for me. If I don't achieve this, if I don't speak to that person or if I don't get a chance to follow up that task, I need to be wise in working out how to spend my time, but recognise that, do you know what? I can go to sleep tonight because... God is in control of all things. A recognition that unless the Lord builds a house, the builders labour in vain, but God grants sleep to those he loves. Now, it's not just about time in bed either, is it? Sometimes we can lie in bed worrying about things. And let me assure you, I'm not immune to these things. Um, I need to be reminded of them as well. Uh, And Psalm 127, the psalmist isn't saying, if we lie awake worrying, that that's a demonstration that we've lost God's love, for he grants sleep to those he loves, but rather a reminder that we're trying to build in vain, that we're trusting in our own efforts rather than God's. And this is a lesson I continue to need to learn. God has given us time for everything that he expects of us, but not time for everything that could be done. And so we have a daily choice. As we wake up each morning, at whatever time our work requires our alarm to go off, as we wake up each morning, we have a a daily choice, whether we're going to attempt to do this day's work in our own strength, in anxious toil, or if we're going to do this day's work as trusting work, trusting in God's provision for us. 
the two hours I spent on Facebook, right, can be justified because I saw this great picture and it was like last week and you know how much traffic there is on a Friday and Saturday that you have to... Scr anyway, take a moment to look at this. If you're not praying, then you're quietly confident that time money and talent are all you need in life. You'll always be a little too tired, a little too busy. But if, like Jesus, you realise that you can't do life on your own, then no matter how busy, no matter how tired you are, you will find the time to pray. Pray is a demonstration of our desire for God to be at work in building our house, God to be at work in watching over us. So as we finish, just take another moment to pause and think of your week that you're about to encounter when you wake up tomorrow. Think about your week, what you need to do, what you hope to tick off your to-do list. And then take a moment to pray about all those things, that you will do them in dependence on God. Ask Him for His help for you to achieve all he has intended for you to do in this week to come. And ask him to help you to entrust the rest to him. Take a moment to do that now. Unless the Lord builds a house, the builders labour in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you for the confidence we can have of your love for us, our value in your eyes and your provision for us. We thank you for the jobs, the study, the uh, service that you have given us to do and we ask that you might help us to have enjoyment in all our work. And we ask for the week to come, Lord, that all those big things on our horizon, those things on our to-do list, that we might not seek to strive after them in our own strength, but look, to look to you for all our energy, uh, for all our wisdom in those tasks, for all our skills and ability that we will need, uh, and for all the success that will come from them. Give us a certain hope in your provision for us, 
that we might trust in you and not our, ourselves and enjoy the sleep that you give to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.